0: A very warm welcome to you all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Chris Oakley. This is the Football Attic Podcast, and over there, sitting approximately 11,700 miles away to my left, is Rich Johnson. Hello, Rich.
1: Hello, Chris. How are you, mate?
0: I'm very good, thank you very much. Um, uh, Happening all over the place, as they say, and... um, Glad to be back with another podcast, number 22, and um, glad that we're here with a special edition, no less, of, uh, of the Football Attic Podcast, special because we've got a special guest, always good when we get special guests on. Um, our special guest today, uh, he's the author of a new book called Stuck on You, The Rise and Fall and Rise of Panini Stickers, that's just been released, and uh, it's fair to say he knows his stuff when it comes to the subject of football stickers, whoever they're made by. Um, uh, he's here to talk about his new book and to answer some of your questions about Panini and more. So please
2: welcome Greg Lansdowne. How are you doing there, Greg? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's always nice to be called special. I've, I've been called special a few times in my life, not <laughs> not always in a good way, but uh, hopefully, hopefully on this occasion it's uh, it, it works well. well right,
0: I kind of re- I re- feel
1: we should have had a, like a round of applause sound effect the way you built that up, Chris.
2: <laughs> well, you know,
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll add that on in post-production, perhaps, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're the very own, our very own special one, as far as the uh, the ethic podcast is concerned. Uh, But it's great to have you anyway, Greg. And and I mean, this this podcast has been in in the planning stages for some time, ever since we found out that you were uh, working on your book. Uh, So it's great to be finally going ahead and doing this podcast, so we can have a chat with you. Uh, Before we come to your book, I mean, we have to sort of put everything into context, I suppose, by finding out uh, about your experiences of collecting stickers and so on. Uh, So to begin with, I'll ask you a question that um, Rich and I asked each other when we did our very first podcast back in 2012. Um, At what point there, Greg, in your life did you first become aware of of football stickers and, and that you were in some way attracted to them?
2: Well, my my first album was Football '79. So at, at that point, I would only have been five, um, wow. which, which does to me, looking back now, seem seem quite young. Um, it's, it's, especially considering that's that's the album that I've uh, I've got the closest to completing ever, apart from uh, the apart from the 2014 World Cup. But then I was an adult then, so a little bit different. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm assuming that I got a a lot of help from, uh, from an adult <laughs> buying it. Buying uh, buying buy me packets etc. and I I I do think it was my brother who was uh, who buying me a lot of packets and uh, he he would he would have uh, bought shoot uh, for me at, in in January '79 so that that would have started it off. Um, he he was yeah. actually a, a player for West Ham around that time as well so that that's probably uh, why he was keen for me to uh, to get get involved as well. So 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 it all started there and then. Um, I, I just got any wow. uh, album that, that was available after that. So in 79, yeah. there was also uh, an Ava Americana. Um, the following year, there would have been Trans Image on top, as well as the FKS Soccer, soccer Stars. Didn't didn't get the uh, the Golden Collection in the same year as 78, 79, which is a shame because... Uh, Oh, it, uh, it's a it's a rather odd and uh, u- unique and eccentric collection. And uh, had, had I seen it at the time, I would definitely got involved in it. I might have uh, might have poo pooed it because the um, it, it didn't it didn't really come out very well. But those uh, those the, those are the albums that, that appeal to me in, in in many ways. I mean, we all know about Panini. We all collected them. But but doing my research for the book, it's that is the books that no one collected apart from me that. That that piqued my interest more in, in many ways.
1: I was going to say so. One thing that we talked about on our first podcast, I think, was the fact that because um, I didn't get into football till when I was about eleven, um, I'd, I'd been collecting Panini for years already. Uh, I was going to say, were you, were you was the was the football seventy nine your first actual Panini album, or was that just your first football one? But I'm guessing at the age of five it was probably both.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it was my uh, it was my first everything album. Um, I seem to remember again, via a brother collecting top Star Wars cards, which probably would have been a, a year before. But um, in in terms of stickers, no, that that was the first, and uh, you you never forget your first time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Star Wars, of course that would just briefly going sort of offered a tangent. That was kind of where your introduction to stickers was coming in, wasn't it? Rich with um, was it Star Wars or the Empire Strikes? Back? I think was it's the Empire Strikes
1: Back album, yeah yeah uh happy days okay. and actually actually the funny thing is one of the things we mentioned about in uh, in when we wrote the worst of panini um article a while ago was about stickers not lining up and actually i think i remember the um the empire strikes back had one of the worst ones i've ever seen it was only a two part sticker and it was the shot of um i think uh, c3po tapping han solo or Leah on the shoulder as they were about to kiss and in my album there's like about a 5 millimeter gap between the two halves of the sticker for it. if you line it, it's, just, it's like you say you've got the options: either put them together and they don't line up, or you have the gap and the they picture lines up. But, but yeah, it just looks awful, and it's just um, yeah, good old, good old-fashioned cutting processes.
2: Well, yeah, you, you say that, but even with the, uh, with the stadiums in the 2014 album, it, it, it might be my eyesight's going, but I had a lot of difficulty uh, piecing those together on, on, on occasions. <laughs> So, I yes. think
1: certainly we, we noticed on the, um, the Euro 2012 album the, some of the team shots were terrible. I think my Ukraine one, um, I, I had to buy... Well, I had to get two versions of the same sticker just to get it, because one of them had a couple of mills missing off the top of it. So, yeah, it, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be, but it's, it's still not sorted out.
2: <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily see that as a, as a bad thing. No. I mean, everyone's human. I think it, it, it's nice to be reminded of... Uh, of some of the errors in the old days rather than a 100% clean clean album because that's what we 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 collected we didn't find it a massive problem mistakes happen and, it, and it's it's good to pick up on them as well
0: yeah, I mean, I think the article that we wrote, um, we did sort of a, effectively a sort of two-part thing, the best of collecting panini and the worst. And I think the worst one was sort of we wrote it uh, with, lovingly, shall we say, because as we've said before on the podcast, it's it's um, it's those little quirky sort of things really that, that you, you sort of smile about looking back on. And as you say, um, Greg, when you were younger, you you just blurred out all that stuff. You didn't really stand there sort of thinking, but these, picture, these these uh four part pictures don't line up or whatever you just you just accepted it for what it was and and um and, and i think also- t- touching on what you said when I was collecting the euro two thousand and twelve ones um you know do, when doing the team pictures it was like sort of i'd suddenly got thrown back about thirty years and I was thinking. Oh yeah, I had to do this this is what I was going through when I was a kid. I had to I had to deal with all these labels and, and <laughs> stickers that didn't match up and it, so it's it's all part of the kind of fun of the thing really. But um anyway. I say that, Chris, but I was in therapy for years over it.
1: I was having I was having flashbacks to C three PO and it all started all over again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> were you having trouble sort of lining up postage stamps and stuff like that on envelopes? <laughs> on
1: I was having trouble lining up the car on the road and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, going back, you say um, football '79. That, that almost tallies up with me, actually, there, Greg, because my—I mean, I think I was aware of football '79 being around at the time, but I don't think I collected it. I, my first one was football '80, and went on from there. Um, but I suppose, as you say, uh, you mentioned about shoot because that was the other huge thrill for me, and we've discussed this last time on on the very first podcast that we did. Um, that whole thing once a year when you'd go into your paper shop or your newsagent to buy a shoot magazine and there in the distance on the shelf was this kind of cellophane wrapped item and you didn't quite know what it was and it was shoot with a free gift of the latest panini album which was an immense thrill i mean just i can't tell you how exciting that was uh, presumably that's that's what helped you sort of get off and running and and, and develop your whole obsession let's say with with yeah. panini that kind of thing
2: yeah, well, I, I spoke to Peter Stewart for the book, who was um, who was editor of Shoot in the '80s, um, mm. and and he was part of the uh, the task force who were uh, who were asked by Panini to uh, to go out to to Modena in in 1977 um, mm. to to agree a deal for the for the first uh, tie up between Shoot and, and Panini um, at, at, at that time. Panini obviously weren't uh, weren't in the UK, so they they were the ones courting um, courting shoot. Yes. Uh, as as time went on, uh, it, it it was it almost became the other way round. So match and shoot each year were, were were vying to get to get the album. But uh, as I say, in in seventy seven, the, the the first one wasn't a domestic Euro. It was a uh, it, it was the, the euro football seventy seven and i think that's what got uh, that 's what got a lot of sticker collectors uh, going really because i mean tops top sellers uh, which, which uh, their, their <laughs> were were printed by panini they but they started in seventy two they were they were self adhesive stickers but due to the distribution and, uh, and not many people knowing about it they 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 never really took off even even though they were they were little different from from what Euro football was in in, yeah. in 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 essence. I mean, it was certainly preferable to what FKS was uh, uh, was turning out at that time because you didn't require a, a pot of glue for it. But <laughs> there you what, go, Yeah. But, but the, the difference was, every news agent had a packet of FKS in. I, it was just before my time, but I assume yeah. it did because every everybody collected it. Uh, sure. But so, so yeah. Panini knew what what they what they had to do. They, they had to give their album and stickers away with the biggest selling uh, boys magazine of the day and, and Shoot was selling about 600,000 at that time um, mm-hmm. and they also needed to get it in the shops which, which they did and, and the rest is history. I mean, I just already, listeners, if you're if you're into your football sticker collecting,
0: your Panini, then I mean, like me, already, you're probably reeling from this discovery that actually Match were trying to vie for the sort of distribution rights up against Shoot, because this is something I was completely unaware of, and this is, I'm sure, this is when my book arrives here in New Zealand in probably about two weeks' time. Where is it, Amazon? Um, uh, I, the, this is the kind of fact that I'm going to be absolutely devouring because. Um, from you know, it was always the case. Every year, Shoot would give away free a free uh, you know copy and a and a free packet of stickers or whatever it was, two packets or whatever um, every year. And I mean that was a master stroke. I mean tying up with Shoot ever since I've been collecting Panini stickers, which I say going back to let's say seventy nine or eighty period. As far as I was concerned, that's when Panini. Sort of entered the market, entered the the whole realm of awareness that we all had. I, it wasn't until actually relatively recently, in the last couple of years, I think it might have even been as a result of writing an article for the Football Attic blog, somebody said to me, "But you do realise that Panini were doing this whole top sellers thing earlier in the decade, in the 70s, and um, and one or two other things as well." I thought I had, had absolutely no idea. So, and and as you as you quite rightly say, FKS were doing their whole thing. But they weren't stickers; they were just pictures that you had to glue in. So, for you to sort of be saying, you know, that the Panini were around in the early seventies with self adhesive stickers, you think, wow! I mean, that's if if it had been marketed correctly, then that would have only strengthened this whole legend that is Panini that we know now. But um, the, the the fact that they didn't really kind of hit their stride until later in the seventies is is fascinating. Actually, it's just um, the things well, you you'd think, think you'd learn.
2: Think I'll, I'll, I'll stop you there because I think. I think the, the point is that Panini were in in the UK market in terms of they were printing stickers, <coughs> mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't their album. It was, right. it was top sellers. Um, yes. One, one, of, one of those albums, Panini didn't print the stickers for, the, uh, oh, okay. the, the Football 73. Um, although people think it was Panini's album... They they were still working for for top sellers. Uh, otherwise, yeah. why why would Panini not have done the stickers in 1973? Yeah. So they were clearly testing the waters and um, trading uh, between the UK and uh, and Europe. Italy was 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 changing as well. So I think this is this is why they decided to go for it in 77. But uh, I mean because there was a top sellers football 77 at the same time. So, in effect, it it was a bit of a competitor, but Mm -hmm. that's why top sellers finished. Um, I think Panini said to them, look, uh, we're going to enter the market now. We've we've clearly got a lot more clout than you, and uh, and the the people involved in top sellers then concentrated on what they were best at, which was uh, erotic magazines. (laughs) Ah, now.
0: (laughs) See, see, I'm, I'm having a laugh there because I've now made a connection and just to go slightly off topic, um, amongst your many tweets that you've been putting out in the lead up to the publication of your book, there was one where you said, um, why is this belly dancer and former glamour model involved in the production of sticks?" I, I've got a feeling I've just made a connection there. Would I
2: be right in saying that? No, you wouldn't. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> okay. A false no, no, connection. No, she, she, comes, she comes later in the story, but uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we must definitely touch on her because she's... Uh, if, she's, if, if not the most, well, no, I would say she, she's the most interesting character. I, I, I didn't get to, uh, to talk to her, unfortunately. She's based in America, but she, uh, she, she, she's definitely out there as the most, uh, most interesting characters in, in the history of football stickers in, in the UK.
0: Having seen a picture, I would love to touch on her at some stage, indeed, yes. Um, well, there you are, listeners. We've already kind of uh, laid down the uh, the bait of um, sexual intrigue that is going to be coming up later. We will come back to that, I'm sure. Um, I suppose at some point you, you, you're, you're building up all these uh, collection of albums and stickers and such like, and then um, like everybody, like me, like you, Richie, there comes a point where, uh, you grow old uh, too old for such uh, childish interest and, and, and whatever, and then you put it all to one side. And uh, so, at what point did you stop collecting Panini stickers in your younger days?
2: When I when I finished uh, secondary school, um, yeah. so that that would have been late eighties. Uh, obviously, the, the the playground is vital to to swapping and and, and collecting stickers. Once you once you lose that. I, I was uh, when and when you go to work, obviously less people are uh, are inclined to get involved. In, in fact, if, if you'd asked them if they were collecting, you probably been might have been looked at a bit bit funny. So <laughs> yes, it's indeed uh, it, mm. it, it finished then, but I, I still took an interest. Um, really? I did. Uh, I would I would still buy a uh, shoot or match what what when they were giving away an album or. Uh, a set of cards so I, I've, I've I've still got my whole collection so I, I still have cards from the uh, the early 90s and I still have every Panini album up to 93 even though from uh, 89 they're, they're all blank uh, because mm-hmm. I, I, did, I didn't actually collect um, and as a as, as an aside, uh, a, a blank album from uh, from those days are actually uh, worth worth a lot of money. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad I kept them. I mean, the the uh, the Mexico '86 album without any stickers in, you can uh, you can pay up to a hundred pounds, probably even a little bit more on eBay for that. Oh, man.
0: There you go. I mean, actually, it's something I don't think I asked you about before, Rich, when we were talking about stiffer um, uh, collecting. Because for me, a bit like yourself uh, there, Greg, I mean, when I reached sort of school-leaving age, which was um, – I was kind of one of the youngest in my years. So I was technically I was 15 but almost 16. A few months after leaving school, I got my first job and that was it. And and, and for some reason, it was like someone flicked a switch in my head and, and it was like, well, you're, you're going to work now. You're an adult. You're a young adult. Therefore – you you shouldn't be collecting stickers anymore. This, that that was what you did when you were a kid. But what I mean for you, Rich. I mean, did, was it that clear cut for you as well? Did you sort of stop, or did you sort of st- still take an interest as you were getting a little bit older?
1: Um, yeah, I think for me it just sort of petered out really. Um, I sort of, I think it was football '89 because football '87 was when I was into it massively, having done Mexico '86 a bit late, um, and then football '88. I think I I think I feel that in, in even more than Football 87 both albums I thought I'd finished but it turns out I hadn't which I was gutted about um and then Football 89 I remember it came out and there just wasn't the same enthusiasm and I don't know if it was just down to my um, friends not being into it as much as well so like Greg said you lose that channel of swapping um, mm. and that obviously is a massive part of it especially at school you know if you haven't got swaps to do you are screwed really because you just there's no way you can afford to finish an album on your own, and of course eBay didn't exist to buy like a, a box of stickers instead um yes so i think I think my football 89 album is, is pretty empty I think there's probably only a couple of packets in there from um ones that I bought and then possibly the ones that they used to give away with shoot in the sort of first few weeks and I think that's it and after that um I I'm watching, after that I, I got the merlin nineteen ninety World Cup album. And I think I got their '89 one and their '91 Um but even then, again, I didn't really do much with that. I think, I think to be honest, what it might have been as well is that I'd, I'd also switched over to the Daily Mirror ones um, uh, yes. because I, I did the '86 and '88 ones of those. So I don't know if I just sort of um, got it out in effect. And I think um, <laughs> by '89 I was just a bit sort of bored with it all. So I, I kind of, and then I didn't really pick it up again until Euro 2012. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this is what I was just going to say, actually. Um, uh, Greg, I mean, as, as with all of us, we, we collect these <laughs> stickers year in, year out, and then at some point we sort of maybe put it to the back of our minds and we're sort of thinking, well, well there's other interests as we get older and so on and so forth. But there came a point, obviously, for yourself when you were older, uh, not so long ago, when you um, had the idea of sort of thinking, well, yeah, I spent a lot of my youth collecting these stickers, and maybe I should, in your case, you sort of felt I should write a book about this, so... Am I right in thinking that that idea came
2: about because you rediscovered all your old albums at your parents' house? Is that right? Yes, that's right. I, I always knew, knew where they were, so um, <laughs> but but never never ventured in to find them. Um, but in uh, in in 2012, I decided yes, I I will get them out and uh, and have a proper look through. Um, and I and because I knew there were. Sites like Swap Sticker around these days. I I thought I would have a go at trying to complete all my old albums. Yes. Um It's a it's a hopeless task. Knowing <laughs> now, now I know how much uh, stickers cost from from those days. But um, one one thing I had <coughs> to my advantage was that I'd actually kept all my doubles from from the 80s. Oh wow! Uh, so I I was a I'm I'm. I I stopped recently due to to having twins but uh, in in 2012 and 2013 I was um I was for instance swapping 10 football 87s for six football 80s or, or whatever and uh, there's there's a lot there's just as much negotiating going on on swap stick uh and sometimes being uh, being screwed over as 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 there was in the in the playground in the old days um so so you you have to be careful there as well but it's it it, it just took me back um, and, and, and then I decided that I, w- I would get involved uh, collecting the, the 2014 World Cup one. I, I even did the did the, the tops album, um, which not many people did because Panini was selling uh, uh, nine nine to one uh, stickers in, uh, in in 2014 for the World Cup. Um, and and I, I was so successful with the with the Panini album that I did it twice. <laughs> Well, you've you've been
0: a bit of a compulsive one, haven't you? Rich in, in not so recent uh, past, in terms of sort of you know, over and over again collecting all this stuff.
1: Well, the Euro twenty twelve one, yeah, because I did that, completed the whole album, and then found you could get the limited edition hardback one, so then did <laughs> the whole thing again, <laughs> and then yeah. but this time for the twenty, 20 Euro sorry the World Cup twenty fourteen one, I just went straight for the hardback edition and just didn't even bother with the softback this time. <laughs>
0: Oh well i mean it's um I have to admit there was one occasion a few years ago when i, I dug out um one of my old I think it was football seventy nine eighty i'd got hold of an album a semi completed album on eBay a few years back, and I thought you know you can you can buy all these sort of stickers from all these old albums individually and I thought if i maybe if I buy them, I could actually retrospectively fill this album which wasn 't originally mine but has become mine. And and I can as a hobby, I can kind of try and track down all the missing stickers and fill it in. And it was at that point that I discovered um, that the older stickers you can get on eBay from the late 70s and 80s don't <laughs> always – I mean, I'm not sure about the Panini ones, but the other makes like FKS, they don't always last so well. Because when I got my first few stickers through the post, I started to peel them and they'd all fused to the backing paper. And I just thought, well, this isn't going to work, is it, really? If I'm going to try and fill up this old album of mine, then it doesn't matter how many I'm going to buy, they're all going to kind of rip and and stick to the backing paper. um, Yes, uh, that's something that I've not really kind of bothered with since. But I like the idea that you can sort of retrospectively fill your albums. I don't know, maybe, I know that the the Panini stickers always seem to be better made, so maybe they peel off the backing paper better. I don't know, really. But um, anyway, so there we go. So the story is... So you've gone up into your attic at your parents' house. and You thought, okay, well, I've got all this stuff. Um, maybe I should write a book. So, at what point? How many? How long ago was that that you you decided? Well, let's let's go ahead with this.
2: Uh, I think it was once the the, the mania of the uh, 2014 album, Panini album. Uh, I mean, it took off. It was it, it was it was everywhere. Mm. Uh, I've never known any anything like it. Even uh, I, I know it was a long time ago, but it. It, it wasn't so readily available in the in the eighties even 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 though it even though it was in many ways but it it wasn't given away for free um in in supermarkets um it it didn't have so much coverage in uh, in in all these shops in terms of stands as you say it would it would you'd never have any trouble getting hold of it but even if you had no interest in stickers in 2014 you could not get away with it Away from it. it, it was in newspapers. It was on. It was even featured on the One Show. It, it was everywhere. And, and and because I knew that uh, Panini had, had really taken a, a, a dip uh, after, after their heyday of the eighties, but but never properly known why, I wanted to find out why. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, and it, it wasn't available. It, uh, although you could you can go on lots of websites and find pretty much every panini sticker from every single book but can you can you find out the history of panini and and the other and the other companies can can you find out why panini was so successful in the 80s why why they took a a dive in the 90s and and why they've now been so phenomenally successful uh culminated in in 2014 i mean there's there's If they sell as many in 2018 as they do in 2014, then they're going to do phenomenally well. I I would imagine this this will be their their high watermark 2014. So -hmm. as I say, I think think now was a good time to, to tell the story of Panini and their competitors.
0: Indeed, quite so. I mean, um, the, as uh, well, in my younger days, I mean, you always used to sort of see the name Modena or Modena, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce that, in Italy. And I heard at some point that they had a, a Panini museum over there in Italy as well. And, and you kind of start to build up this image of a, of a company which is very distant and remote, and, and that they, they're this legendary company that makes this amazing product. And the, the, as you're, I think you're sort of alluding to there, really, that you, you somehow feel there's a bit of a disconnect between you here, you know, in the UK or whatever, and and them over in Italy, and, and you sort of think, well, if I wanted to know more about that, you know, it would be a bit of a be a bit of a tricky task, sort of. So it must have been terribly difficult and a, a lot of hard work, wasn't it, but for putting it all together, doing the research, and I mean, where do you start when you're going to write a book like that?
2: Uh, yeah, as you say, it was difficult, and hence the fact that uh, I, I made sure that this was. Uh, this was the history of self adhesive stickers in in the UK. Yeah. Um, although although obviously touch on uh, other countries and and Italy, our be- um, Panini are based in Italy. So yes, of course I I have to give a bit a bit of history. But um, I, I, I found, I'd heard before and, uh, and and found out that they they are actually uh, quite secretive, Panini. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't they don't like to give a give a lot away. <laughs> um, so. Which is surprising in a way, isn't it? If you think about it, they've got this
0: hugely popular, legendary, very nostalgic product. You'd think they'd be only too happy to kind of open their arms and sort of say, "Well, you know, let's let's encourage you more to to in, in, engage with us." Really.
2: Well, it's it's surprising, but but you can the the, the argument perhaps from from their perspective is that uh, well we're we're doing very well as we are without without you, <laughs> so we don't particularly need your your promotion, um, but. But i must uh, at this point I, I must uh, mention a gentleman called Peter Warsop, who is the uh, the group licensing director for for panini um, without his help and, and, and a lot of other people but uh, I'd like to mention Peter in particular here without his help this, this book uh, would not have been what it is' um, he's, he's been involved in the in the sticker industry since since the late 70s, he, he worked for WH Smith uh in their in their distribution and uh he he founded a, a distribution arm at WH <laughs> Smith w- dedicated specifically for Panini stickers uh, throughout the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. he was then one of the founding members of Merlin. Uh he was the he, he, he then became the M D of Merlin, uh so was responsible for their rise. Uh he then went into retirement. And then uh, and then in the early noughties, he then uh, got uh, poached, or early to mid, mid-noughties, mid he, he then got poached by, by Panini, asking him if he wanted to come out of retirement. Um, and he, uh, he's one of the main players in, the, in, the, in their, their rise back up now. Um, and, and all the help he gave me and all the information he, he, he gave me for the album was, was invaluable and he's responsible for a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of the interesting stories as well.
0: Fascinating stuff. I mean, uh, we mentioned earlier on, we've, we've already thrown around names like FKS and uh, Trans Image and people like that. I mean, those, were, those names are even more obscure. They seemed obscure even at the time because it was always Panini, Panini, Panini when you were a kid. So how difficult was it trying to track down information about them and their history? I mean, terribly difficult, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, very difficult. I mean... Uh there is there, there is information about them in there and i 've managed to piece together as, as much as uh, as possible but but other people have tried before and uh, and, and, and struggled as, as you 'll find out on websites there 's yeah. not a lot out there about them um, but so as i say what what 's in there um, definitely adds to the stories of, of these companies and uh, and it also uh, tells a little bit about um, why they weren't successful, and why Panini was. Um, and, mm. and some, some, sometimes things happen that are just out, outside of your remit. For for example, uh, Transimage, who who did their album in uh, seventy nine eighty, uh, they they gave their magazine away. Uh, they gave their album <coughs> first issue of Match Weekly. Right. Uh, do you do you know what was going on a- around September seventy nine, which which might have. uh been been a disaster for them and and match match weekly. What was going on in September '79? Uh, it, the, it was the
1: seventies, almost certainly a strike of some kind. Yeah,
2: yeah. What <laughs> did I think of a strike. strike? But a strike, a strike by who? the uh, printers? Uh, no. Um, journalists?
1: People who make sticky glue?
2: Yes. No journalists. You're, you're you're on on the right lines.
0: Um, I should probably know this. Everybody was on strike in the
2: in the late seventies. I was going to say tell us, uh, regale us, who was it specifically that was it on the was, strike?
0: Uh,
2: it was ITV. Ah, yes. And Match Match Weekly had invested a lot of money on a, on a lucrative advertising campaign for their first issue, uh, which would also have given Trans Image uh, a big kick, uh, but it all got all got pulled, because there, there was no station to advertise it on. Oh my uh, god, that's uh, just unbelievable, isn't it? Now, now Trans, Trans Image's album came out Several months before Football Eighty, so they could have they could have stolen a the march <coughs> then, and, and history could have changed. Indeed, um, wow. but 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 obviously now, not not many people remember Trans Image and uh, they they never did another album.
0: Good grief! I mean, just on on such things, you know, your success kind of rise or fall. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, I, mean, I I'm I'm just sort of gobsmacked by that. Funny enough, that particular album that. Uh, trans image one I remember a few years later um, would have been about 82-ish or something like that I remember my dad coming home from work and he said there you go son he said I've got a present for you and he gave me two boxes full of stickers from that collection it was football seventy-nine, eighty. given this was about three years on and I didn't know quite what to make of it because I had actually collected those stickers at the time and partly filled my album and I thought what do I do now with this because I think I'd probably I mean, I'd lost or thrown away my album thinking maybe it wasn't as good a panini or something like that, and I now had two boxes full of stickers, and yet up to that point i would never had the thrill in my life of actually having a whole box of stickers so I kind of merrily started ripping open the, all the packets, it was kind of a, a strange kind of thrill at the time, but I was just looking at these stickers and all these old players that were playing for teams that they were with three years previous. It was a bit of a sort of after the Lord Mayor show thing, really, but it was just it's, that's what I always associate with that particular album, I have to admit, but um, wow, there you go, an ITV strike, and that's them scuppered. Wow. Actually, that, so, that
1: brings me on to a question um, a to- uh, sort of related. Um, I was going to say, what did you do with all your leftover stickers? I know you said that, um, a minute ago that you actually had a load of your swaps still from the 80s, but I know that when I finished my Mirror uh, eighty six eighty seven album, I think I, I stuck a load in on the back page, <laughs> and just covered the back cover with it. Um, and I, I know that once I think I had a, a load of stickers of planes and stuff, and I made a massive poster with it. Um, <laughs> but I also did keep a lot. But I just wonder, did you ever do anything insane like that? Like kind of, when you look back now and you've kind of ruined one of your albums just by going mental <laughs> with stickers. Uh-
2: I, I never did that, to the best of my knowledge, but I did, um, I, I did I, like a lot of people, stick, stick them on, on school folders and, uh, and desks, etc., so I, I, I got rid of a fair few there. But no, by and, lar- by and large, maybe, maybe I knew uh, what was going to happen in uh, 30 years' time and they, they were going to be useful currency but I, I decided to keep all my double I, I'm one of those people who keeps a lot of things that so I probably need again. So and, and on this occasion, this is one thing that has actually proved useful.
1: I know I kept a lot of mine, but I can't find them, and that's really irritating. <laughs> so, uh, I know I had a massive stack of Mexico 86 ones that were left over, and a load of Football 87 and 88, and I cannot find them.
2: Well, Mexico 86, um, you're, you're, you're sitting on a, on a pile of money there, if you can find them. <laughs> don't, them. don't tell him that, he'll cry
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not the match and shoot issues throwing them out again. So, I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> Actually, I've, um, one thing you mentioned about like um them being very secretive, um, it kind of just brought me onto a question that we've had from quite a few people, and one that I think will get asked every single time an album comes out. And and Chris knows what I'm about to say. We've had it from both John Devlin and from Daniel uh, Luzniki 2008 on Twitter, which was the old question of. Uh, Basically, do they print more of certain stickers than they do of others?
0: To to Uh, add to the elusiveness of certain stickers, I
2: suppose. Yes. As as you as you would imagine, this is covered uh, very thoroughly in the in in the book. That's Um, good. I I, I do have responses from uh, Tops and and Panini. Panini go into it in uh, in in great detail. as, as you would imagine, they, they both yeah. say no, everything is uh, everything is printed in uh, in, in equal uh, amounts, and uh, Panini's T-Fumatic machines see see to that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would imagine there are other companies who uh, w- without the, the technology who uh, who w- will find it harder to to, uh, to to get around that, and hence uh, difficulties have, uh, have 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 appeared. For in, for instance, you, you touched on the the Daily Mirror uh, Stick With Soccer 86-87 album. Yeah. But uh, I, can, I can now tell you that uh, those, uh, those stickers were packeted up by uh, local prison inmates. Right. <laughs> oh dear, that's lovely. So I, I actually got a few packets recently uh, trying to complete that album and uh, I, I'd forgotten that uh, when, when you open them up, you can open <laughs> one packet up and it's got five stickers in that then, you, then you open the next one up. It's got six stickers in. <laughs> and, the next one has seven. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and and you can also open a packet up. And three packets later, they're all the same stickers in at the same order. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> So, we, sorted we, collaboration. So yeah, so we, we've we hastily put together albums. I would say yes, clearly they're not equal. Um, not necessarily deliberately done to uh, to avoid you to stop you completing it. It's <laughs> that the processes are not necessarily as professional. But um, Panini's argument is uh, the reason why certain stickers don't go into the uh, the, the swap circulation. As uh, as much as others is because people keep the, uh, the the stickers of the teams that they support. So, for instance, in in the eighties, uh, Liverpool stickers were particularly sought after because mm-hmm. a lot of Liverpool supporters were keeping their stickers and putting them on their their school folders, their desks, keeping them at home, putting them on their bed posts, etc. So they weren't they weren't making them available. <coughs> um, there's also there's also a story in the book about uh, during the Merlin days when uh, Kevin Keegan approached uh, someone, one of the main people from Merlin, and said, "You, you don't, there, there are no Alan Shearers available, are there? I, my, my daughters are collecting, and they can't find an Alan Shearer. <laughs> so, the, so the Merlin bloke said, uh, look, just send me send me a list of the wants, and uh, I'll, I'll send you Alan Shearer and all the one all the ones that they need.' And then a couple of days later, Kevin Keegan sent a long list of stickers. It was about." about <laughs> Two two hundred stickers that she they needed. He, he was only expecting Alan Shearer and a few others to send. He actually <laughs> so what? Sent I, half the book to them. What happened,
1: happened to the? To say what happened to the fifty limit?
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he well he, he he did say to the chap that uh, come up to Newcastle and have a day out on me. And uh, but, uh, but 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 Kevin Keegan took it to the limit, and uh, he actually bought the player afterwards as well. So it. <laughs> Did
0: he say you right? Just stand sense. there. I'm going, to, I'm going to take your photo, and then I'm just going to get that printed like fifteen thousand times, so I never run out. Mm. I just, I just wondered, when he sent the letter to to the to Merlin. Did he sort of start off saying, "Dear Merlin, I would love it, really love it, if you could send me a picture of"? <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. Sorry, I just thought I'd throw that in. Sun King sign. Cab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Good lord. Well, there we are. I, mean, there's
1: a, there's a, oh, I was going to say there's another question which we had um, which I found quite interesting, and, and similarly around number of stickers, and that's um, it's, it's a bit of a, an offbeat one. It's a, it was from an anonymous person on our website, and he said, I'd like to ask Greg what percentage of Panini books he thinks are actually finishable per collection. What he means by that is if for any 100 people starting the book, say during the 2014 World Cup, how many people had a chance to actually finish theirs? Do manufacturers cater for the number of books that are actually sold in the number of stickers printed? And do they, or do they try and make it difficult? And does someone who spends three times more money on sticker packets have more chances than someone who spends less on actual packets but goes to swapping websites? There's about four <laughs> questions there, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did, uh, I, I did see this question. It's uh... It, it took me a while to get my head around it, really. But, <laughs> but I think, I think in in a nutshell, Panini, Merlin, Tops, the the, the big companies, they they want you to finish. If uh, if you if you get frustrated and you get fed up with it and you think I've got no chance, you, you won't do it again. Um, yeah. With, uh, I mean, there were, there were what 640 stickers uh, in the in the World Cup album, so. You you should only have to spend sixty four sixty five pounds to complete it. Now, obviously, you're not going to get a unique sticker in every pack, but no. if, if you spend sixty five pounds, you're 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 going to get six hundred and fifty stickers. So that should be enough with with swapping to to finish it. No. It, it might not necessarily be the case, but um, with uh, with with the school playground for youngsters and with um uh with with swap sites these days i mean that's that, that's how i finished my album on on swapstick um probably I, I must have swapped out 300 stickers in, during the world cup on on that website and it was invaluable as it, as it was for a, a lot of adults and i i probably didn't spend much more than 65 pounds on uh, on on actual packets so <laughs> so yes so in in a nutshell yes they want you to to finish the album um, yeah. they, 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 there was also a story told uh, from the early Merlin days uh, of their swap shops that uh, young, youngsters were were going to the swap shops and that they, they couldn't believe that Merlin were allowing you to swap a normal card for one badge foil shiny, call it what you want because obviously in playground culture <laughs> it 's not, it's not one for one, but <laughs> merlin they, they, they were happy to give one for one because they, they, they want you to finish the hour.
1: Well, this is another thing I was going to ask, actually. I wonder what their actual official line on swaps is, because if you think about it, the swaps is a whole part of the appeal, so it kind of, without the swapping aspect, the thing, the whole thing probably wouldn't exist. But at the same time, each swap that happens is another sticker that isn't bought. So I suppose it's one of those things, do they just sort of tolerate it, or do they actively encourage it?
2: Uh, but but you you still have to buy stickers to get a pile of swaps. And, yeah. Uh, and... And I think I think there there is still um, a great feeling when you walk past a, a newsagent or or these days a supermarket, and you and you can go in and buy your own stickers. I mean, for from my perspective, for instance, in the 2014 World Cup, um, I love pushing a, a, a pram with my, uh, my my oldest into the supermarkets and. Uh, Trying to find the packets that uh, that weren't behind the counter that were in front of the counter because uh, because because of the nature of the front of the of the packets in two thousand and fourteen, you could actually see what the first sticker was. Oh, uh, so Ooh. so I, I I try. I mean, it's very sad for a forty-year-old to do that. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, I, can, I can just,
1: I just see wait. you now in the middle of a supermarket, holding them up to the light, yeah. while I
2: stares at you. <laughs> Everyone that had a badge on, first, first up, even, even whether, I, whether I had it or not, I made sure that I would get all those packets, <laughs> because they they would be good currency.
0: <laughs> Hardcore.
2: <laughs> yes, there you are.
0: Just, just going back there, um, we just sort of mentioned earlier on about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of collecting, uh, uh, sending off for the remaining stickers and all that sort of thing, and the 50 limit that always used to be in place. How did you get on in back, in back in the day there, Greg, when you were collecting stickers? Because I never finished any of my collections back in the day because probably I reached that point where I sort of thought, well, I've actually spent quite a bit of money already on stickers. And yes, I've got maybe 70 or 80 left to get at, at best. I think that's about as good as it got for me. And um, I didn't want to spend any more just to get even the last 20 or 30 to get me within the 50 limit. And so as a consequence, I never never did get around to sort of sending off the remaining uh,
2: stickers as a kid. So did you ever uh, finish any of yours when you were a kid? Well, I, I definitely remember sending off for my last batch of stickers, yet yeah. I never finished an album. So oh. I, I can only assume that I messed up my orders every every time. Uh, the, the, the the closest that I get, and I, I do mention it in the book, is, uh, is my first ever album, Football 79, yeah. um, which... Which which I I only need one for the St Mirren badge, uh, <laughs> but I will I will never buy it because when I think of Football '79, I think of the St Mirren badge that I haven't got it and I and I I don't want it. That that's the, that's the, that's how that album will always be to me. No, fair enough too. I think that's
0: that's exactly the right thing to do. I think it just sort of um, as you say, it's kind of of its era, and so therefore <laughs> yeah. if you just sort of finish it off would be to sort of somehow. Take it out of that, you know. Remove that connection with you as a as a kid, and when you were collecting it. So uh, fair enough, I say.
2: It's uh, but uh, but how agonising to get to one remaining. That's just because uh, well, like I say, especially when I, I probably sent off the, the last stickers on that one, and still managed to mess it. up. <laughs> well, you know what? There was one occasion when <coughs> I was about fifteen. This is not really sort of football sticker
0: collected, but I remember there was this uh, uh, some brand of you know crisps packets of crisps, and they had a thing on the back. You could send off. Uh, a postal order and you'd get some book or other I can't even remember what it was about now but I remember thinking well I'll do that so I got myself a postal order which at the age of 15 you know you've got to kind of be able to negotiate your way through you know going to a post office and asking over the counter and all that and got my postal, or was sent it off, and never got it. And it wasn't until later that I realised I probably hadn't given them my postal address to send the book to. So yeah, you, you may not have been alone in terms of you know slightly mucking up a, a kind of postal transaction there, Greg. So uh, you have uh, my
2: sympathy with it. Makes feel better.
1: <laughs> having, having said that, I actually used the um, the Panini online um, to finish both of my uh, Euro twenty twelve albums and the Euro World Cup uh, twenty fourteen one. And they still get them wrong, so yeah. I, I in in the almost i think I used it about three times and in every single lot that I got back, there were at least a couple of duplicates where the, obviously the counting machine hadn't quite worked, okay. but also um I think I had the first lot I got back had a couple missing from my order, and I checked my order, and i was I was definitely right, so I had to go back to them and get them to resend them, so they're still. You know, it could well be that they, the, you did order the Simbir and one, and they just didn't send the damn thing.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, well, maybe, doing... maybe, maybe I'll get in touch with them. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I was so we're doing our best to make you feel better about yourself, Greg. If, if nothing else. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, um, looking at the old clock on the wall, we're, we're cracking on. We're not quite at the end yet, but I realise we've got several subjects here to cover, including that uh, very uh, flippant uh, allusion to uh, what shall we say? cheap pornography uh, and the belly dancer that we mentioned earlier on. We're still to come to that. We'll leave that to the right to the end to keep the listeners uh, uh, eagerly listening in. Um, but, um, I mean, in terms of uh, the, all the sort of stickers and the collections that you had, I mean, uh, for me, I, I went back to sticker collecting for Euro 2000. I was about 29 at the time. And for some reason, I saw the stickers in in available in the shops, and I just sort of thought, well, I'm you know I've been working for many years now. I'm lucky to have had a job for a while and got some some money in my account, sort of kicking around doing nothing. So, I might actually buy this Euro 2000 Panini album and 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 collect it on my own. And it, and, it, and and I, indeed I did. In fact, I even went to the extent of going into W. H. Smith where I lived. And buying a box, damn it! I mean, it was the first time I ever had the chance to buy a whole box, and and took them home and started opening all these packets, and it sort of felt weird. I think because of the thing you said earlier, and Greg, about not having a, a network, i.e., the playground to to sort of share your your hobby with and to get swaps with. So I had to kind of buy my own stickers. I didn't dare tell anybody because the, frankly, the my reputation as a twenty-nine-year-old collecting Panini <laughs> stickers. Would have probably been quite tarnished because everyone had thought I was a bit sad, and this was well before the the whole sort of what should we say adult approach to uh, collecting. He kicked him. I don't know if it was in 2006 for the World Cup or 2010 when it when it I think first hit the radar. But um, so that was when I sort of came back. Did was there a similar point for you when, as an adult, you sort of thought, right, I'm going to start collecting these again, well, or was it just no gap?
2: Well, funnily enough, I also collected the Euro 2000 album, which was which was the only album that I collected from uh, the late 80s until until 2014 in terms of uh, in terms of albums at, at that time. Um, I, I I collected with a girlfriend at the time. She had an album, and I had an album, and uh, I, I seem to have got got both albums now. So I, I, I did a lot about that in the end, didn't I? So, but so, but, but no, other than other than that that it, i i did buy albums and if if i saw freebies somewhere i, I would get the album but i, I wouldn't stick any stickers in I, as i say there was there was there was no nobody really to to swap them with and for me that that's the, that's the, the whole lesson to it. yes indeed
0: i must admit when when the whole euro 2012 thing came along um, it was wonderful because, as, as I mentioned on the previous podcast, there was a. Uh, I'm very lucky to have lots of friends who are also football bloggers and podcasters and whatever. And, and when I was living in London a few years ago, we had a chance to sort of meet up, and I think somebody, uh, somewhat among the group, said, "Why don't we all collect Euro 2012 panini?" and we all sort of met up in a pub somewhere in London and we were all swapping and here we all were sort of in our 30s and 40s with great big wads of swaps and it was just like the old days again but we were old enough and mature enough to actually properly, yeah, really enjoy it and it's just, it's great. You kind of never lose that uh, that whole passion for stickers and sticker collecting. It was It's, it's great that it's it's lasted so long. I mean, we've, we've been talking about Panini so much and they are the, 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 the big giant. I mean, I remember as I say, I stopped collecting stickers in, what, 87, I suppose. Football 87 was my last one. And I was still kind of aware of stickers being sold, Panini, Euro 88, I remember, an Italian 90. Um, but when I saw the uh, Premier League, uh, the, well, the, basically Merlin getting the contract for selling Premier League stickers, I, my heart sank, because I A, I didn't really know anything about Merlin, and Obviously, B as a, as a long-time Panini fan, I sort of thought well, they should be the ones doing, doing the Premier League now that the Premier League is here. So I always felt a bit sort of well, slightly resentful about Merlin and their involvement. Um, so I mean, what can you tell us about how that all came about? How did Merlin suddenly become the big name rather than Panini?
2: Well, I, I think first of all to say that Panini had become a bit of a disaster by, by that point. Um, yeah. Once Robert Maxwell took over, things started to go downhill so if if you look at the the last three uh, football <coughs> albums from Panini, so we're talking uh, ninety one, ninety two, and ninety three, mm. um, they're, they're just a bit of a shambles. Um, fo- fo- football ninety one, the uh, the packets were sold in in two issues, so mm. they they sold initial packets in uh, in September. To, to try and get a step ahead of the, of the rivals by, by just having packets that had badges, um, World Cup 1990 special stickers, and, and stick and lift stickers. Mm-hmm. And then, and then in, in January, the normal release, then they gave the, uh, the, the usual player shots. But, uh, I mean, that's just that's just a complete own goal. I mean, they're, they're, you're probably only talking about 50, 60 stickers in, in the first release, so, you, so you're going to be getting doubles pretty quickly, and, and you, you've got four months to wait until the stickers that you really want. Mm. Um, and then, and then from '92 and '93, they, they got rid of the uh, of the of the shiny or foil sticker completely, and uh, and and there there was no Scotland. Well, Scotland, Which... Scotland, Scotland did sell its as a country, but uh, there were, <laughs> there, were no, there were no Scottish team stickers in there. So it's almost as if they were saying to the Premier League, well, we're not really interested. We're a bit half-hearted now. So yeah. so, so here was, here was Merlin, uh, an up-and-coming company. As it, as it happened, its it, uh, initial football ventures had been pretty disastrous. Um, they wouldn't say that. They, they, they wouldn't use that word. But uh, they would probably say not very successful. Um, not, not helped by Robert Maxwell uh, trying to trying to scupper their, their, their distribution. Um so their, their success then came from WWF and uh, some some T V and film franchises and then uh, there, there there wasn't an album for the first Panini, uh the, for the first Premier League season for, for the Premier League. Um but in ninety three, ninety four there that that's when the first album came up. So in, in ninety three the, the, the Premier League, Rick Parry and uh, and his powers were looking for a company. And uh, as luck would have it, for uh, Merlin, uh, one of the investors for Merlin, knew David Dean, who was obviously heavily involved with uh, with uh, with the Premier League, uh, he he put uh, Merlin in touch with Rick Parry. Merlin obviously had to prove that they were they were worthy, but it, it just seemed a good fit because uh, there was a new TV deal with with Sky. So let's let's get a new company to do the stickers as well, and. Uh, it all it all took off, and uh, they started selling as many stickers as Panini did in their heyday. So they they actually started off uh, quite unsuccessfully in the in the football market with their their Team 90 and their Italian 90 collections. So they then they then focused on uh, on other areas. Uh, WWF was their was their big album in in the early 90s in particular, mm. um, and they they were very successful, and they they were actually. Uh, the, the fastest growing uh, private business in the, in the UK uh, between I think 89 and 94. So that that, that was their first five year period. Um, yeah. Pretty much without any football. <laughs> so so they were they were doing well, but obviously they, all, all this time that they came from a panini background, they wanted football. Um, as as luck would have it, one of their main uh, shareholders, who is the uh, the belly dancer that we'll get to later. Yeah, four belly and dancer. She uh, happened to know David Dean, who uh, was one of the the people who founded the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal awesome director, I think, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Used used to be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she, she she told him that uh, what she what she was doing, and he said, "Oh well, actually, we're we're looking for someone to do our first sticker album. Um, maybe we could have a chat." So uh, it, uh, one one thing led to another, and uh, the 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 contract never went out to tender. Uh, Rick, Rick Parry spoke to, to Merlin. They were very happy with Merlin's processes, and uh, they got they got the contract. And Merlin slash Tops have had it ever since. Mm. And
0: yeah, I, yes, I still feel a bit kind of gutted that they were. But as you said, I think earlier on, you know, with with Panini, they were towards the end of the 80s and into the early 90s. They just seemed to be kind of losing the losing the momentum, let's say, to to, to put uh, out think, quality products.
2: Uh, in 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 a, in a big way. Um, yeah. 91 was issued in in two parts. The, uh, the the first part just had the badges and and special stickers, um, and then 92 and 93 didn't have any badges, and uh, and didn't have uh, the Scottish teams. So it it, it wasn't a Panini album you know, yeah. as as we all knew it. it. I think the last album had 276 stickers. Oh. that's not that's on, not a Panini man. album, is it? No. That's, that's
0: a, that's an apology. Mm. There you are. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, that's certainly shone some light on that. So,
2: thank you for the detail. That I always a, kind of wondered. There's, there's a bit of a... Lot more in there in 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 the book about that. So. Yes. That's that's, that's that's just a pricey.
0: Yes. And and can we can we now touch on the belly dancer?
2: Of course. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. She, the, the, the listeners demand it.
2: <laughs> yeah. She. Uh, as I say, she's she's one of the more in, intriguing characters to to think. Well how how have you got involved in what appears a very austere industry but uh, as yeah. i uncovered in the book it, it's not uh, so this this uh, this this woman was a, a belly dancer in soho uh, in from her late teens um, while while she was working in a club she met the the publisher of a, a specialist magazine called nave and uh, ended up ended up marrying him as, as well as appearing in and writing a column in the magazine. Um, and, and from there, the, the story takes a, a strange twist because she, she went to America and ended up marrying a, a she obviously divorced uh, her first husband and, and went to America and ended up marrying a billionaire called, uh, called John Kluge. Her, her name is Patricia Kluge. Um, they then got divorced and she got a massive payout. And, um, her, her son uh, she she had British roots, so her son was interested in uh, conventional football rather than american football mm-hmm. and she wanted to, uh, he wanted some some football cards or stickers so rather than going to a shop or, or importing some she she said uh, well why don 't I uh, produce a range of of stickers or cards for you so that's that 's what she did um, she she was responsible for the uh, not very well-known Shooting Stars card range, which, which came out in 91, 92 in the, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, got, she got Merlin to produce them, but Merlin were not uh, doing cards at that time. They weren't convinced it was going to work. So they said, we'll, we'll produce the stickers for you, but we're not going to put our name to it. Uh, yeah. as, as they predicted, it wasn't very successful. There were three card ranges out uh, at, at a similar time. But um, she, was, she was still intrigued and she said, well, well, why don't I invest in your business? So, so she took a 40% stake and uh, that, that was uh, quite a contribution towards uh, how, how Merlin could carry on going despite some difficult early years. Um, and, and then her, her other big contribution <laughs> was putting Merlin in touch with, uh, with the Premier League and uh, so she played a big role in them getting that deal uh tops then uh then bought out merlin in in ninety five and uh she she was happy just to just to, to take take the uh, the money that she was owned and uh,
0: that well, was at the went. end
2: of her involvement in uh, the collectibles business so short and sweet for her
0: how about that, eh, Rich? Who knew? Who knew all this stuff was going on behind our backs when you know, the, the history of football sticker collecting was evolving?
2: <laughs> I tell you what,
0: I think we've all become specialists uh, uh, with the uh, advent of the internet. Uh, that's all I'll say. Um, well, I mean, I, I realise we're, we're rapidly approaching the end, and we've we've got. The, I mean, there's just so much more we could t- talk about because it's it's just such a wonderful subject to cover, Panini. But um, um, with time cracking on, I think we should uh, do. Uh, uh, the, the ultimate justice to our uh, wonderful correspondence uh, via our website and Facebook and Twitter uh, because we've had lots of questions coming in uh, when we told people that you were going to be on the show there uh, Greg so um, we'll rattle through some of these and we'll start off I think we'll look with a uh, an email we've had from Paul MacArthur in Melbourne hello Paul uh, he basically said do you know much about the ABC footballer cards of the early 70s bubble gum Plus a football picture included. That's going. That's going back a bit further. Did you uh,
2: any any research to sort of overlap that particular area? Uh, yeah, I, I I had to touch on the uh, AMBC cards uh, because they they were obviously. I mean, nothing is uh is is within itself. So what mm. what came before stickers and uh, it it was cards. Yes. Um, that's that, that's what the kids collected. So yes, I do touch on AMBC. And, uh, and tops and uh, they were the uh, they were the panini stickers of the of these of the 70s and uh, and 60s in terms of uh, a and BC um, for that uh, i I couldn't recommend uh, more highly Nigel's webspace which is a, mm-hmm. a wonderful resource for the uh, for, for cards between 65 and, and eighty um, so I I, I, as I say, I, I mention it, but I, I could not do it the same justice that, that Nigel does. But uh, there are there are a few uh, collectors of those cards who who, who talk about um, having having difficulties in getting certain cards in those collections and and believing that some cards were held back for, for them. So mm-hmm. it, it it didn't just start with, with with Panini with with the conspiracy theorists.
0: Ah, there you are. I see, uh, mm. fantastic. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we also had another email from uh, Ian Frost. Uh, hello, Ian. He said, um, as an 11-year-old lad, he said, I consider myself spoilt, that my initial experience of sticker collect- uh, sticker albums uh, coincided with Panini's Football 79 album, which had the marvellous Silky Club badges. Uh, these, in my mind, have never been bettered and wondered why they were never used again. Uh, the shiny foil ones that are used now seem boring in comparison. Do you think there's another format that could come close to the old Silky? Uh, also, I'd love to see the lower leagues covered, possibly with an album showing badges, teams, and, uh, and two players per sticker, as Panini used to do. And He says, uh, looking forward to seeing the book. So. Thanks for that, Ian. It, actually, that does touch on something, yeah, Greg, which is, I mean, Panini were great innovators, weren't they, in their day? They had, they brought in things like the well, the, the full length pictures that we had in Football '83, um, and then they had the the Football Superstars. I think in in 1984 had clear plastic cards, and uh, the uh, as you say, in Football '79, the, the the badges printed on this kind of silky fabric. So it kind of makes you wonder why why they didn't. Some of these innovations didn 't stick, but, it's, but, but but tremendous innovation and ingenuity to be able to do all that
2: stuff yeah well he well, he 'll like my book because it is um, pretty much a tribute to football seventy nine and, uh, and, oh. and to the to the silk football seventy nine badges which were the uh, the, 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 the greatest uh, thing about panini <laughs> ever as far as far as i 'm concerned um, the the reason why they they never carried it on um, i i spoke to people from panini uk uh they of every every decision was made um from panini headquarters in italy they 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 couldn't 100 percent verify it but they, they assumed the reason was because they were uh very expensive to produce com- compared yeah. to uh compared to the other foils or or, or shinies and I, I can only imagine that uh that that was the case um one other thing was that uh, Panini UK took their their directive from headquarters, so whatever was happening in Italy, they would follow. So that year, mm. it, it was done in the in the Italian version, uh, the, with with the silk badges. Similarly for the for the length shots. Uh, in in football 83, that was also done for the Italian version of 82 83. So they they mm-hmm. followed and and took took from from them. So it, it it doesn't it seems to be that the French, as is their want, did did as they were allowed to do as they pleased because they <laughs> had uh, they 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 had full length ones in the early 80s as well. But uh, but obviously yeah. U, UK did as they were told. So but no, <laughs> it is a it is a massive shame in, in one way that uh, the silk badges were never repeated but it also helps to create the myth around it, I believe. Well, there's absolutely. And actually one thing occurred to me not
0: so long ago, actually just not long before we started recording the podcast, which is that I also have a vague recollection that though, with those silky sort of fabric badges that they were a little bit tricky to handle because once you'd got rid of the backing paper, they sort of went a bit kind of limp and you had to sort of hold them in place to stick them in the book and obviously you had to get them completely flat. You didn't have that rigidness of the of the paper uh, based sticker that was traditional, so there may have also, I'm guessing, been a little bit of an issue with that as to how um, applicable they they were. But that's, I suspect, that probably the the whole uh, financial aspect, the economic aspect of, of, of providing the materials was certainly more paramount, as you quite correctly say. But um, but fascinating all the all the same. They, Richard,
2: they did that oh, a couple of years before. Also produce a. Uh, <laughs> Panini Jeans uh, football collection, so which, which was made with badges made from uh, from a, a jeans material. Oh wow! Uh, I, I don't think there was an album for them, but uh, I've, I've got I've got some of those, and they are a forerunner to the uh, to the silk badges from '79. Good grief! Stuff that you don't,
0: just don't know about. This is amazing. <laughs> this is exactly what I was hoping to find out about when we had you on there, the Greg. So anyway, Rich, do you have another question for us?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, our old friend Andy Rockall and defeater of me in the in the quiz that we did the other week, um, Stato74 <laughs> says, "Can Greg shed any light on the football84 issue with Paul Atkinson and George Riley of Watford, and were there any other examples of mislabeled players?"
0: Well, we, we, this this touches on a big issue that's that's grown since we've um, put out this appeal, isn't it, Greg? I we, mean, we, we've yes. been hearing lots of uh, examples of this.
2: No, I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll just touch on Panini for now, but I, I think it's important to say that uh, there were far bigger bigger culprits in terms of uh, mixing up players and, and stickers. Just, just one I would like to mention that's not Panini first. Um, obviously, the, the photographer who took the, the Aston Villa photo shoot uh, for the 80-81 <laughs> season had uh, had a problem with uh, Gordon Cowens and Des Bramner. Um, really? He he must have labelled up Des Bremner as uh, Gordon Cowans because in uh, in in the FKS Soccer Stars '81 album and the Daily Star collection of the same season there are two different pictures of Gordon Cowans and no no Des Bremner. <laughs> Well, I mean, on the previous
0: podcast that we talked about um, uh, Panini and stuff like that, we we had a whole section there where we were talking about particularly FKS, I have to say, (laughs) who made something of a feature of the, the fact that they were painting in shirts over the top of you know, existing pictures if a player had moved to another club and they just kind of took an old picture and painted over it and, and tried to fool people into thinking that, you know, um, Archie Gemmell was now playing for Birmingham rather than Nottingham Forest or vice versa by just painting a different colour shirt over. And that's, that is a whole other area, but and I think... Yeah,
2: uh, as you say, I think that's 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 the thing. We don't, as, as, as we look back the 80s, we, we tend to think that Panini was perfect and didn't make mistakes. <laughs> but, of course... Everybody make, makes mistakes. And uh, I, I was uh, when I spoke to Peter Dunk, who was in charge of editorial in, in the UK, um, he said that uh, obviously there was no internet around in, in, in those days. so no. you, you were very reliant on the photographers capturing them up properly, um, especially for some of potentially the potentially more obscure players because all, these days we, we see players all over the place. Every, pretty much every game is live. We, we know all the players. But, but mm. for instance... As as I only found out yesterday, there there are miscaptioned players in uh, for, for Sunderland uh, in in Football Eighty. But how, how many people, for instance, in London, got to watch Sunderland on telly very often in Century Nine Eighty? So they the, the thing is that they probably wouldn't even know that Kevin Arnott and Sean Elliott were were the, were the wrong way round. Yeah. Um, and it, it also happened in in football '83 with Sunderland. There must be a sticking block with them. Uh, Mick, Mick Buckley and Gary Rowell were were captioned the wrong way round. Uh, yeah. But what what I have found that I did find in my research was that uh, a new Mick Buckley sticker was was released. So so it, it did uh-huh. have the right name and player. And that that didn't happen very often, as, as far as I'm aware. Um, Paul Atkinson and George Riley never had stickers corrected. Um, sim- similarly in Football 83 after Albiston is the caption but Kevin Moran is the player again I, I haven't seen a, uh, a different sticker for that even uh,
0: now I've not even sort of seen a lot of these errors. it wasn't until we put this appeal out and people were sort of saying oh did you know that this one's mislabeled as that and I thought oh yeah and even as an adult I hadn't even spotted it so it just goes to show
2: but yeah as you say I I, think cause, I mean we didn't finish the book so there's, a, so there's a lot of stickers we probably never even saw. Yeah. So we, we would never have known that, that it was wrong. But, I mean, no, with Fo- Football 83 is probably worth a, a, a book in itself. It's not, mm. not necessarily just the errors. But I, I think one of the reasons why they stopped the, uh, the full-length shots is because it's just – it opens up a lot more potential for, for, for error. As, yes. as, or, I mean, if, that's if you want to call Alan Curtis wearing carpet slippers an error. Or, 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 or Swansea players without shoes on an area. I, I think it's a nice curio. But I think, yeah. uh, as, as one of your readers uh, mentioned in, in the in the in the questions that, and I again I hadn't seen this until he mentioned it. The uh, the Ron Saunders picture uh, for as as Birmingham City manager has, has got to be the greatest Panini sticker ever. He's <sighs> he, he's walking down the touchline, putting his hand to his face as if to say, no no photos, please. And, <laughs> and that's, that's the picture that they used in the album.
0: <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't often use kind of quirky photos like that, did they, uh, Panini? No. That, that That seems to have slipped through the net a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, similarly, Tottenham in, uh, in, in the 83 album is all over the place, because yeah, the, yeah they, they obviously didn't have a day scheduled in where they could take pictures at the training ground, so they've hastily done it on match day. So you've got some people in the tunnel, some some people behind the crowd, and Glenn Glenn Hoddle Hoddle on the pitch because because he's he's wasn't there before because he's he's in match action, which again (laughs) you never see in a Panini album.
0: That was a bit of a a a strange kind of slip up kind of year for them in a way, in in terms of that the quality of that because it's one of the things
2: they thought it's more trouble than it's worth.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things, it's, it's a great quality of Panini's, that they were so organized and meticulous in their planning that they would send a photographer down and say, right, you've got to get all the pictures in this one hit, and, and you had that consistency there, and they had that year in, year out, and it was that was what was brilliant about the, the Panini stuff, but you know, the, looking certainly through our adult eyes, we sort of see these little errors, and they're actually quite pleasing, really, when you discover them, so it's, it's kind of good that they're not entirely perfect, but anyway... Um, But you you, uh, mentioned actually um, uh, a message we had. uh, It's actually from Chris Geyer, who is uh, at Chris GQPR on on Twitter, or indeed at RetroQPR, which is a great uh, Twitter account to follow if you're into your retro football and you don't mind a few pictures of QPR now and then. Um, Basically he said, uh, said, I was going to ask Greg the same type of question as uh, Stato74, Andy Rockall. In football 80, the Queen's Park Rangers side were in Division 2 at the time, so they had the twin profile picture in this alongside Northern Ireland legend Billy Hamilton, Paul McGee was wrongly labelled as Paul Goddard. Um, It goes on to say, I'd be interested in Greg's and your own views on the Football 84 album, in which Panini decided to go with the full body shots of the players and managers. Well, that's Football 83, as we just mentioned, just to correct you there, uh, Chris. Um... And he goes on to mention about Ron Saunders. I think that Ron Saunders picture. I think he's putting his hand up to wave to the fans. I'm not sure he's doing the thing about no, no, no publicity, thanks. I think he's just waving to the fans. I think that's what that one's all about. That's just my personal theory. Um, and then his
2: his his hand is coming away from the from the crowd. So I think I think you've got that wrong. Uh, I think you're being generous towards him there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's not a member of my family. I just want to make that quite clear. I just, uh, you know, and you're the expert on these things, so I'll just defer to you on all of that. So, um, but Chris also says uh, this edition also features the laws of the game in sticker form at the back of the album, which um, I've just written about. Actually, uh, uh, if you go to www.thefootballattic.com, you'll see. Um, uh, a fairly recent article of mine, um, all about Football '83, in which I mentioned that very thing. A uh, very nice feature, that actually, the old laws of the game thing there at the back. Um, and he says is, uh, uh,
2: Did you Did you know that uh, Quadriga also brought out the Laws of Soccer as a whole collection in '82, '83? Did they? So wow! It, it was basically those that 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 twenty stickers from Panini. They 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 increased that, and that that was all they had as an album. He expanded it into its own album. As you can imagine... It sounds massive.
1: incredibly dull.
2: <laughs> it was a massive flop. Quadriga then brought out uh, a Soccer Stars 83-84 album, given away with match. But because it came out in August, uh, the vast majority of shots were from the previous season because the photo shoots weren't in, or they were in the kit from the team that they played from. So I think Steve I think McMahon would have moved from Everton to Aston Villa. So I think he yeah. was in the Aston Villa section... But he was an Everton kit. Oh, <laughs> so and this just, is why uh, you're on a complete hiding to
0: nothing, aren't you? Really, when you're making a sticker album like this, because the the pitfalls that lay ahead of you of exactly that kind are just terrible, really, aren't they? Definitely.
2: But I I, I am pleased that I uh, researched Quadriga because <laughs> I then found out that their their final album was a uh, was a snooker set in 85, uh, <gasps> which it, 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 it is available on eBay, and I'm definitely tempted to get it. It's got all the uh, all, all the great names that we remember from the 80s, uh, Bill Werber, Annette, Kirk Stevens, and uh, all the bravery, all the, all the legends, it's, it's fantastic. I don't, I don't know why that wasn't popular.
0: Dear me, I tell you what, this is just—this is turning out to be, we're through the looking glass now, I think everyone, We've, now we're hearing about snooker sticker albums.
1: This is a goldmine, um, isn't it? Um, <clears throat>
0: we had a, quite a
1: few questions actually from Rob, um, from hersglut.com. Um, first one, do you think there could ever be a web-based format for Panini stickers with online books, uh, maybe printable for a fee if you complete them?
0: Well, They sort of uh, did that, didn't they? Panini, did they not do something like uh,
1: that? I think they have done, yeah, because for the World Cup 2014, you could, uh, I think you got codes on the back of the badges and that would allow you to get certain stickers. So you, you in effect, it had an online shop.
2: album. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you could get um, extra stickers to, from the album. Um, it, it was. They, were, they had millions and millions of, uh, of hits on that, and or billions, I think, actually. And uh, it, it was very popular with the kids. But uh, I think, in terms of people of, of our age, we we will always want uh, something tactile. Obviously. Yeah, I
1: did. I did download the app for it, and then after about five minutes, lost interest because it's just not the same. <laughs> Uh, the second question was, were there weather forecasts in the 70s, and if so, why did the photographers in Scotland always choose to shoot their heads during hurricane season? <laughs> Although, to be fair, he said it's in Scotland, so that's always hurricane season, isn't it? <laughs> um, he says, the combination of those 70s haircuts and blustery winds was hilarious. I'm thinking about team, teams like Clyde, Air United, and Hibernian. <laughs> uh, but he does, he does also go on to say, seriously though, have you guys and Greg seen the Football Heroes book, and what do you think of them?
0: And the link I, I, is to
2: hersglut.com. No, sorry, I'm, not, I'm sorry, sorry. not. It's his own yeah. site. I don't think that's his own site. But no, um,
1: I've just uh, realised that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't seen it until until now, and uh, yeah, they're they they're very good pictures. Amazing, um, yeah. I, although although I'm I'm probably more of a Panini Cheapskates fan uh, when it when it comes <laughs> to drawings. I think that uh, that uh, is a bit. I've, it's not very professional. Uh, Without trying to be derogatory, but I I think it it adds to it in in a way. And they are featured in the album and uh, why they came to do it. And and they, they, for me, uh, were were one of the stories of the tournament.
0: Yes, indeed. And and, uh, and, uh, and an honorary mention, actually, to a good friend of mine, lovely chap, Damon Threadgold, at Damon underscore TH on, uh, on Twitter, Uh, who uh, decided he was going to bring to our attention a a blog site that he ran, I think only for about a month, during the latter part of uh, uh, 2014. It's called Panini Emotions. You can find it at paniniemotions.wordpress.com. I urge you all to go and see it, because basically what he's taken there are Panini stickers, and then tried to, um, what should we say, um, create um, a reason why each of the players featured had the expression on their face that they had. So, for instance, you have someone like Trevor Brooking looking like someone had stuck a red hot poker somewhere, and 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 so he would then explain why is Trevor Brooking looking so anguished, or why is uh, Mickey Thomas looking so sad. I, I'm not doing it justice by describing all this, but if you go along to Panini emotions dot wordpress.com Damon I urge you to carry on with that website because you need to bring it back it's just absolutely superb but uh, that's just one I just thought I'd throw in as an honorary mention there uh, but um, anyway just behooves us to say thank you very much indeed to everybody's that been sending in all the messages that it's been been wonderful putting those to, to to Greg and it's great to hear that of course um, everybody's still so interested in panini as they always used to be Um Greg, I fear that we're almost out of time, but we're so grateful to you for sparing your time and for putting up with some of the technical issues that we we'll have be having, which hopefully we can spare the, uh, the listeners of. Um, it's been great having you on the show. Um, needless to say, we need to tell people where they can get the book. It's Stuck on You, The Rise and Fall and Rise of Panini Stickers. Um, it's been uh, published by Pitch Publishing Limited, 256 pages in paperback and a bargain, I have to say, at twelve ninety nine, Certainly from Amazon, if not other uh, uh, decent booksellers and outlets uh, online and elsewhere, it's uh, well worth tracking down. Um, I've ordered my book, as I say, it's, uh, it should be here fairly soon, and I can't wait to see it. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. it Clearly, it's been a labour of love for you, Greg, and, and um, you know the, the effort that you've put in. I'm sure will not go amiss on on the people that end up reading it. So. Well done on that and um, and congratulations, yeah, thanks very much um, just, I'd just like to oh I uh, forgot to mention the cover, yeah, haven't
2: I I'd just like to give a mention <laughs> to uh, the the artist who did the front cover, Dan Farmond uh, and and for, for people who buy the book i would uh, I would suggest to them that they, they when you look at the front cover, you need to stand away from it to, to get the effect. <laughs> of, uh, there, there is actually a picture in there rather than just a, a montage, so that all of those stickers are placed in those places for a reason. Um, if it, you should also, I would urge you to check out Dan's uh, pixel artwork of uh, using stickers only from the 2014 World Cup album that uh, make up a larger picture of Bobby Moore lifting the World Cup in 1966, which was, <laughs> which has been on show at the National Football Museum.
0: That's amazing. It's a work of art, the cover of um, Stuck On You. I have to say, from what I've seen of it, it looks tremendous. And, um, yes, uh, uh, forgive me, I should have mentioned that earlier on in the,
2: in the whole podcast, but um, I well, look I forward to them at, at the back, I, uh, I, I, I listed every, all, all 473 stickers and with what album they're in as well. And it, it was great. <laughs> making. There's bound to be a couple of errors in there. So, so let, let's just assume they're deliberate. And, uh, and, and for anyone who picks them out, they uh, they win something. Obviously not a book because they've already got it. So,
0: <laughs> uh, Rich, anything you'd like to add before we head off into the sunset?
1: No, other than it's just been an absolute pleasure. In the, um, well, it's just whetted the appetite even more for the book now because just the, the stuff that you've been coming out with, Greg, has been amazing. So I just cannot wait to actually get hold of the book itself and, and dive deep into it.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be a big event when that drops through the old letterbox. I can assure you. Um, well, needless to say, that's that's pretty much it. Um, thank you very much indeed, all of you for listening in, and we hope you'll join us again for another Football Attic podcast soon. Don't forget, you can uh, visit www.thefootballattic.com com uh, to uh, get all of our latest uh, blog posts, if not uh, actual podcast uh, lots of content for you on there including lots of Panini stuff FKS sticker collecting and and all sorts besides but uh, once again thank you very much indeed to you Greg Lansdown and uh, thank you Rich Uh, we'll be back again sometime soon so until then from at least the two of us it's goodbye
1: and it's goodbye from him